back to the Midnight Terrors podcast. I'm your co-host today, Kevin, and I'm here down adjacent, unfortunately, due to scheduling conflicts, but it's all good. He will be back very soon, but I'm here with a very special guest, a new friend of the show that we are very excited to have on. I would like to welcome Brian of the Reviewing History podcast. How's it going, my friend? It's good. It's good. I got uh, some big shoes to fill. I don't know if I'm <laughs> up to it. Uh, I've all I've been told, you know, I have very little feed and it leads to disappointment. But I'm going to do my best to uh, to fill in these shoes and, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, you're off to a brilliant start, my friend. We've already been having fun uh, before the recording button was even hit. So it's all good. But welcome to the show, man. It's uh, I'm glad we finally got to make this happen. We uh, we. I got introduced to you and your show through uh, our mutual friend, James, of I Was a Teenage Film Snob. Uh, so shout out to James for uh, for in- for introducing us. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I he has a great show. I really love doing it. And, you know, when I told him about something I'm working on, I was like, who, like, connect me to him as many shows as he can. And he put us together. And I love horror. So I'm, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, horror show. Let's go. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Um, and then, uh, you know, we're definitely going to plug your show here tonight. We're definitely going to plug the project that you're working on. Um, so we got a lot to dive into tonight. And again, just, you know, thank you for coming on the show. We're happy to make new friends through uh, doing this show. It's always a blast. No, dude, thank you so much for having me. It's it really like it's a tremendous help for what I'm trying to do. And, you know, I, on my show, we only get we've designated all our horror for October. So sure. on my show, I only get to talk about horror once a year <laughs> and I don't get to pick all the movies. So it's like, you know, all right. So it's <laughs> nice here that, that I kind of get to, you know, talk about what I like. Yeah, man, absolutely. Well, that's what we're here to do. We're here to talk about some horror movies. And uh, but before we dive into uh, the movie that you picked for us this week, uh, we always start the exact same way whenever we get a new guest on the show. So you're going to be get put in the hot seat for a second here. Uh, so we always ask, what was your introduction to the horror genre? How'd you get into this? And also, as Jason would say, if he were here, what movies or movie fucked you up? Okay, so my introduction to horror, you know, like I was a real little kid and it, this is kind of horror adjacent, but the first IP I truly loved as a little kid was Ghostbusters. Like Hell I, I yeah. loved the cartoon. I loved the the live action. You know, I loved Ghostbusters 2. Like I have very early vivid memories of the scene in the Ghostbusters 2 where Oscar's like walking on the ledge. And like I was, you know, I, I'm only maybe a year or two older than that when I'm seeing it. So that really left an impression on me. That's probably my earliest horror horror stuff. But then in around second, third, fourth grade in that area, I really got into Dracula. Um, I thought Dracula was so fucking cool. Like, like Dracula, he's always get he has four or five wives and they're all hot and like all that. <laughs> and I was like, I want to be Dracula. I was Dracula like four or five. Like I was Dracula, I think two or three Halloweens in a row. And when you're a little kid, you know, you're always changing what you are. But I was like committed to being Dracula. Like I remember I found out I was watching one movie. Um, I forget which Dracula movie it is. It might I, I wrote it down last week because I rewatched it, but it doesn't matter. They reveal that uh, there's a character, Alucard, and they f- reveal that it's Dracula backwards. And I remember it blew my mind as a as a little, little kid. I was like, what? 
Alucard backward is Dracula. Holy shit. You know? So like <laughs> that was something that really like connected with me. And I've always liked Dracula and vampire stuff. Um, and then I got into slashers, you know, cause that was kind of like, I grew up in the nineties. So like, it wasn't like they were making slashers, but just by like cultural osmosis, it was like, it was so big in the decade before that just going to the video store, you would end up seeing slashers and like, you know, around like fifth, sixth grade, we would have some sleepovers and stuff. And like being at friends' houses, you would see like, um, I remember, I remember I saw Halloween two before I ever saw Halloween one. Cause my co-host's older sister had it on VHS and was watching it one day. And like, we were coming in. I remember like all that. And I'll tell you this, this is the movie that fucked me up. Um, I was a little kid and I somehow, like, I remember it was in the summer, you know, home from school, all that stuff. And I would, my, I would make a bag of popcorn and watch a movie by myself at night, have like a vanilla shake. It was fucking awesome. And my parents would be outside talking to neighbors or whatever, but that was like my time. I'd shut off all the lights <clears throat> and I was watching Halloween five and it's not a movie that like, you know, a lot of people like in the series. It's still one of my favorite Halloween movies, I got to say. But the reason it fucked me up was because it was one of the few movies where like at the end, it's always like, you know, the killer is stopped. They beat the bad guy. That movie ends with Michael Myers getting out. Uh... like he escaped. So it's almost like he's still out there and like going to win. Like he won almost. And that fucked me up. And for years, this still will happen from time to time, but it's very rare. Obviously, I'm not scared of Michael Myers anymore. You know, I'm a 30-something-year-old <laughs> man. But if I'm having a nightmare where there is, like, something chasing me, to this day, and Halloween isn't even my fa favorite franchise, it's just Michael Myers, just from that, will still pop into my dreams sometimes, chasing me, you know? Hell yeah. That's, there's something about the simplicity of Michael Myers you know, doing the, the chase scenes and, uh, you know, the ending of, I've never thought about it that way, uh, with Halloween five, um, being that, yeah, I mean, people are fucked <laughs> at the end of Halloween yeah. five with, uh, Michael Myers being free. And it's kind of similar to the ending of the original Halloween, which is, you know, but that one's almost more ambiguous of, you know, is he coming back to get me or is he like, it's just ever present. The evil never dies basically. But Halloween five is like, oh, no, no, no. There's a whole like setup for the next movie. Um, and you're all fucked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, yeah, I love the ending of Halloween five. And I, I remember in 2020, I watched all of the Halloween movies across like maybe a week or two. And Halloween five, I actually quite enjoyed. I'm not the uh, I didn't have high expectations for it. That was my first watch of Halloween five. Um, okay. Halloween, Halloween. I enjoy all the Halloween movies, but. Halloween four is fairly low on my list of like, I'm, I'm with you. People yeah. love four. I, I don't, I don't get the love for it. I think five yeah. is way better, Absolutely. which I know, I'm I know I'm in the minority on that one, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I just think Halloween five is more, uh, is more fun uh, than four. Um, and I think everybody steps it up in, in part five. So I'm with you, man. I love, I love Halloween five. And then it goes batshit crazy when we get to Halloween six. <laughs> yeah well when it gets to six you know you have two different versions to watch and they're yep. fucking <laughs> yeah man well that's awesome dude <laughs> um 
all great answers. And I got to ask, I want to circle back to the vampires for a second. As a big uh, Dracula fan, Dracula's had a hell of a year this year in horror. Have you seen Renfield or Last Voyage of the Demeter? Saw Renfield um, and I saw Last Voyage of the Demeter. Um, Renfield, thank you. Uh, My friend just gave me a water. Um, Oh, no worries. (laughs) So uh, my... um, so Renfield, I I mostly dug, you know, I kind of found it became very generic at the end. I liked Nicolas Cage's Dracula. Like I yes. I must I would have honestly much preferred just doing Dracula with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> like I, I don't need the superhero shit. Like that stuff was kind of like, okay, I've seen this a million times. I would have rather them just been like, yeah, we're just doing Dracula with Nick Cage. And <laughs> uh Last Voyage of the Demeter, there were things I liked. But overall, it's not the portrayal of Dracula I prefer. Mm-hmm. Um, we so we did Shadow of the Vampire on my on my show this for this past October, um, and we were talking about vampire movies and stuff and Nosferatu and all that. And I was like, the Dracula I prefer, and this goes back to the things I liked about him as a little kid. He's a ladies' man. He's a Mac Daddy. Yeah, you know, like he's like the the James Bond of vampires. It's like he's slaying <laughs> ass. Like he has like four or five smoking hot wives. He's like stealing guys, girls. Like it's like you should look at Dracula. And be like you know, it would suck to be any of these monsters, but if I gotta be one of them, it's fucking <laughs> Dracula. You there know? you go. So, so Demeter is not the take I prefer on the character. Like I don't prefer him as a monster. Yeah, I prefer him like you know looking suave and handsome and stuff. And I'm okay if you give him the ability to change into a monster or something. But even in that, like, I thought it was going to be he slowly be like, oh, like he starts out a monster and then he becomes more of a man. He never really becomes like a man, even at the end. So, yeah, it's not perfect. There's things I like and dislike. It's ultimately not the take that I prefer. That's fair. Yeah, it definitely. Uh, I see a lot of people compare Last Voyage of the Demeter to uh, Alien, um, which I think is fair. It's basically Alien, but with Dracula, um, which I thought was an interesting uh interesting twist and then renfield is just like straight up one of my one of my favorite movies of the year (laughs) i was i was cracking up the whole time i love the scenes with the support group in there i just love the bizarre twist on it that it's a uh uh like a just a very toxic relationship as they say in the trailer between renfield and dracula i love their bickering and nicholas holt i thought was great and he and nick cage played off each other really well um but I, I get your I get your points with that one. Uh, but either way, I'm I'm glad to see some some vampires getting some love this year. We we haven't seen a lot of those in a while, so. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm hoping we get like you know a Dracula Dracula adaptation soon, because um, I liked Dracula Untold. Like I kind of yeah, liked same. what they were doing with. It. Um, I was excited to see where it goes, and then you know the whole Dark Horse thing blew up, but. You know, I'm hoping that because, you know, they're doing another wolf man and they're doing all this other stuff. I hope that they give us a really cool Dracula, you know? Yeah, I would I would actually be down for that, too, because a movie that we've talked about on the show a bunch uh, on the flip side with the werewolves that we all think is criminally underrated on our show is the 2010 Wolfman with Benicio Del Toro. I liked it when I saw it. I saw it in theaters and then I never saw it again. But I remember coming out of that and being like, yeah, it was okay. You know, I, I didn't hate it. I was like, it's good. You know, 
Yeah, I think that uh, it was a really nice return to form to like the 40s and the 30s horror. And I would love to see them do that nowadays with Dracula because we haven't had that in a long time. And uh, you got to throw some love to those original monsters because that's that's why we're all here. So, uh, yeah, man, I think I think that'd be awesome. But that's all really good stuff. And uh, boy, <laughs> I am very excited to talk about the movie tonight that you picked for us because... Okay. This is coming from hearing your background right now. This is quite a jump uh, to a different type of horror here because we're talking about 2004's The Hazing tonight. Yep. And uh, holy shit <laughs> is like how I can best jump into this movie. So did you like it? So I got to tell you the first time, like when my first, so I just watched it tonight. Okay. And when it started, I was absolutely hating it. <laughs> and then <laughs> uh, and then we got maybe 30, 40 minutes in and something happens that we'll talk about that I was like, holy shit, this movie's amazing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I have a group chat with some of my friends that come on the show all the time. And I was texting them and was straight up just like, dude, I'm watching The Hazing right now. This is like one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. And then something happens and I texted them. I said, I take it back. I just saw X, Y, Z. This movie's fucking amazing. So, so, so I was looking for a horror movie to watch, right? For, you know, I was just looking for something random and, you know, um, people go to horror for different things. The thing that really I, I look for now in horror is like, <laughs> I want like, is there, are there boobs? <laughs> are there hot chicks? Is there blood? Is there gore? So, you know, I look, I see this movie on Amazon Prime and I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. You know, the premise is a little weird. And then <clears throat> I go on the, the Common Sense Media or the, uh, you know, the IMDb guide. It's like, there's nudity. I was like, okay, perfect. I'll watch this. <laughs> and and I put it on and I, I do like the first half. It's like, it's a piece of shit. It's like, yeah. <laughs> okay, this is so dumb. The acting is terrible and all this. But, you know, I, I, in 2004, I was 17 years old. So for me, it's like, oh man, it's so nice to like be back in that time period. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh man, that was great. Like the styles that they're wearing and all that. <laughs> and then like the movie keeps going. It's like, oh, we're going batshit crazy here. Yeah. <laughs> this is fucking awesome. I don't know why this movie isn't talked about. I feel like this should be a cult classic that people love. I agree. So like I said, when this movie started, I was like, I was invested in watching it, giving it my full attention, but I was like, holy shit, this is bad. It's badly edited. It's really shoddy. The acting is awful. And then it just becomes- How much were you cursing my name? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Even like, I was hopeful that I would find some stuff in here that I like. And right out of the gate, I was like, holy shit, this cast is amazing. First of all, I did not know Brad Dorf was in here. Yep. <laughs> so we got fucking Chucky in here. And then Perry Shen, I think is how you say his name from the Hatchet series. Yeah. Love him. And then Tiffany Shepis is our girl. We love her. So I was like, okay, if nothing else, if this movie's bad, there's a great cast in here. And it's a, actually kind of a cool setup. So I was still on board, but then when it turned into what it becomes, like by the first 40 minutes or so, I was like, oh my God, what? more people need to see this. And I had only ever heard of the title of the movie mentioned on another podcast that I love, and I didn't know what it was about. I knew it had something to do with Halloween, 
So when you picked it, I was like, okay, I'm I'm interested to see what's behind the curtain on this one. And uh, I fucking love this movie, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, I, dude, it's one of those movies where it's like, I, I, so I watched it for the first time like a month or two ago. I was, when you were like, what do you want to do? I was like, you know what? No one knows this fucking movie. Yeah. Let me, let me like talk about it and like get people to watch this fucking thing. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. That's the, that's the endorsement right there, people. Uh, we're going to dive into this. If you have not seen this movie, go watch it. It's free on Tubi. Go watch it and then come back and listen to uh, all the batshit crazy stuff that we're going to talk about here. <laughs> uh, it is worth your time, I promise. If you're not into it in the first like 20 minutes or so, give like keep going because it is absolutely worth your time. Honestly, without spoilers, if you like Evil Dead 2, I think you'll come away enjoying this. Yes. Because... Honestly, whatever you will say about the movie, it is so clear that um, I forget the director's name off the top of my head. It's so clear this is made with a love of the Evil Dead series. Yes. Like they reference Bruce Campbell several times throughout the movie. They do the Evil Dead, like, you know, camera in the woods shot. It's like <laughs> they love Evil Dead. So it's like, yeah, it's fucking fun. It's, yeah, it's, it's almost fun. like a return to form to Evil Dead 1 where they don't have a huge budget and they're doing what they can to yeah. tribute the horror movies that they love. Yeah. Yeah, dude, this, this I agree, this needs to be a cult following movie. It's so good. Um, but that's your spoiler warning because we're going to dive into this thing and we got to talk about the shit that happens in this All movie. Right. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it, come back and then listen. It's going to be worth your time, I promise. But like I said, when this movie starts, I was like, oh, my God, Brad Dorif is in here. OK, barely recognizable, by the way, with <laughs> this facial hair. Uh, so this is uh, this is happened. This is made as he's on Deadwood. Um, I don't know if you ever watched that series, but he's the town doctor on that. And that's how he looks throughout the whole show. Ah, OK. I, I know of the show. I have never seen it, though. So that makes sense. Um, yeah. Now, I got to <laughs> I got to ask about this opening it seems like in the opening they had less of a budget than they get later on in the movie because this opening was so shoddy and so like scatterbrained and so jumpy and it looked really grainy even on tubi that i was like but then the movie changes later on and i'm like was that intentional or did they just like you know amp it up for when shit actually hits the fan like i had no idea why it was so shoddy because i my re my reaction was oh my god this is so low budget my filmmaker brain would tell me that they probably had limited time with brad uh Dorif, ah. and they were like you know let's get this as quick as possible to maximize our time with him that makes sense that makes sense and because we've got this like strange dreamy leaning sequence with uh brad dorif as this eccentric professor uh what is it professor caps is his name professor caps yeah yeah yep. <laughs> uh so he is uh showing a young college student around his home around all these crazy ass artifacts that he's got all over the walls and she's of course trying to seduce him so that she can be get Every a better grade in the movie is ridiculously hot which <laughs> i approve it's like, i agree they, dude it's like let's just get the hottest chicks we can and put them <laughs> in the movie it's like yes that's what i i love 2004 like when that's <laughs> like what they would do yeah 
Um, and so this this girl here that's trying to seduce the professor is like, oh, I'm going to a Halloween party. I don't have a lot of time to change. Can I change here? And he's just like, why, yes, you can. <laughs> and uh, she changes, can't find him. And then again, the most ridiculous whack on the back of the head with <laughs> with this uh, staff thing Spear, that he has. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, why? And I can't even remember what he says. It's such a ridiculous opening because like you don't see any contact. It's just, here's a shot of Brad swinging. Here's a quick cut. Here's her on the floor with blood, which is what most of the deaths are in here. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's you know, there's a low budget and, you know, they're working around it the best they can to put an entertaining movie together. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and like I said earlier, the editing here where we, like, we cut to so many one shots at the beginning here that I was like, whoa, what is happening right now? So I'm kind of glad that that stopped because if the whole movie was like that, it would have been really difficult to watch. Um, but it kind of makes sense because it's kind of a weird, like, dreamy opening. Um, and then we cut to our uh, our main characters here who want to join a sorority. Um, and immediately... And fraternity. We yes. And immediately we cut to... Uh, our line of people that we're going to watch and you see some girls and they're in basically just brawn panties. And then the guys are yep. also in brawn panties. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> in brawn panties and it's like a joint hazing thing. Yes. Yes. And they're given a mission, which is uh, they have to get a certain amount of points. And if they don't, they're not allowed to pledge. And then they have to spend the night in this haunted like house. Yes, they have to steal a bunch of stuff like from around town and every item is worth a certain amount of points. <laughs> and this montage of them stealing shit from around the town is amazing. It is so I love dumb. It. Yeah, it's Did fantastic. You ever, were you ever in a scavenger hunt or anything like that? Um, yes, not a ton, but uh I definitely enjoy scavenger hunts, but this one where they're like, it's worth this many points and they got to, I don't even remember what they steal. They steal a mannequin from outside of a store. A mannequin from outside of a store, a detour sign, um, a live rat, all this stuff. <laughs> uh, Bruce Campbell headshot that is in a store. <laughs> yep, that was a good one. I actually, this is reminding me, uh, so where I live uh, in uh, South Carolina, in, in downtown Charleston, it's always like a hot spot there. And one time me and my friends in college were actually walking around downtown and there was a group of people from out of town who were doing a scavenger hunt, but it was a scavenger hunt of people. Like you had to walk around and ask people questions about where they were from. Do they play this? Do they have this hobby? uh do they like this movie whatever and then you'd have to like take a picture with them uh so they were looking for someone from the west coast and they're like where are you from and most of them were like up north and i was like well i'm from california they're like that's as far west as you can get come here and they just grabbed me and took a selfie with me <laughs> that's funny um when when i was like 19 we uh we were in a scavenger hunt kind of like the one in the movie where we were running around stealing shit <clears throat> and I get out of the car and I go up to this porch. I had to get wind chimes and I grab the wind chimes off, the, off this guy's porch and I'm walking back to the car slow and I don't realize everyone's looking at me like to wave. 
the guy ran out of his house and was following me. And I'm just slowly walking back to the car. <laughs> I get in the car and he punches the, um, the trunk and we took off and like, dude, he almost got you. I was like, wow. oh, shit, I had no clue. I mean, that's fairly accurate to what happens here in the scavenger hunt. My favorite little bit in this scavenger hunt is that they clearly went into some band show in a club and took their instrument. Yes. So this, <laughs> this like early 2000s emo band is like chasing them and the one band member has no guitar now. They ruined the whole show. Yeah, it was fantastic. Like I literally laughed out loud when I saw that and all the band members just look disappointed and don't bother to chase them. Like, oh fuck they stole I, bill's guitar i guess we can't play a show um also love the outfits that all these characters have to wear for their for their hazing great <laughs> the costume selection is great that we got the hot uh playboy bunny yep i don't know what tiffany Sheppis is supposed to be i guess she was supposed to be like a i thought it was like an alien type costume like okay. it looked like a look like a martian girl or something uh tim is definitely like a devil character of some sort yeah and uh uh what the hell is the character's like a dog oh that's what okay that actually explains a joke later that uh (laughs) that um yeah that delia made uh and then there's like an army guy in there too the first guy to get possessed as well yes um and i love that about this movie we don't get enough uh, horror movies that take place around halloween this is definitely getting added to my halloween uh watch list for sure oh it's a total <laughs> great halloween watch and i saw something today which i don't know how true it is but originally they intended this to be a sequel to hell night i saw that too yeah that's the I've Linda blair one night. right i yeah i've never seen it though yeah i haven't either i know that it's a fairly similar uh plot line though and i believe it's a linda blair movie um yeah i saw that too and i thought that was kind of kind of interesting um especially because hell knight's like almost like not a well like a super well-known movie either um so the fact that it has a fan base and they're like we're gonna make a, a sequel and like an homage to that um was i thought was actually pretty cool um so I said I dig the Halloween vibes. There was a line early on uh, from the from the sorority and the fraternity. Uh, uh, I forget the guy's name, but the guy that was like telling them what their hazing ritual was going to be. The Kevin looks, Bacon guy. Yeah, exactly. He looks at the characters and he goes, "It takes balls and tits to be one of us, big ones." <laughs> yes. I was like, "Oh my god, this guy is so into his acting here." It's uh, it's such a 2004 line. Like that <laughs> line would never get written into a movie today, even set in 2004. No, not at not at all. Um, and so as we're doing the scavenger hunt here, we've got Tiffany Sheppis and uh, I can't believe I'm blank. blank. Who's the what's the name of the first guy that gets possessed? The army guy. That's is that Tim? Uh, I think Tim is the I'm, devil. I'm, I'm so bad with these um with character names. <laughs> That's all good. Um, they don't say them a lot too. So is that Jacob? Uh, Jacob, I think is the one that gets his tongue ripped out. It uh, Doug. Doug. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, wait. Doug. Sorry. Who the fuck is Jacob? Oh, Jacob is the head of the fraternity. Okay. And then Roy is the one that gets his tongue ripped out. <laughs> um. Oh, so God. Doug, Doug, and. Uh, 
uh what the hell is Tiffany Shepard's character's name now? Uh Tip Tiffany Marsha. Marsha. Okay. Marsha, yeah, so- Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> so Doug and Marsha go to uh Brad Dorif's house and they want to steal this sacred book that he has, which we had this epic prologue at the beginning. Uh, which I did really love those opening credits too. Yeah, it's just whoosh, whoosh, like yeah. <laughs> it was but so like, over the top. Like, like that opening almost has nothing to do with the next like 20 minutes. <laughs> so when they go back there, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. You're like, what the why are they telling me this shit? Um, so he's basically Brad Dorf is basically like this guy that's obsessed with the occult. And this book basically can teach you how to <clears throat> like unbind yourself from from the rules of the world and the the pleasures of the world so that you can be a spirit to kind of free roam and do whatever you want um and basically become a a serial killer and uh but i do love doug and (laughs) and marcia's back and forth about like talking about how doug's making a joke that the book can cause orgasms (laughs) yes And she's like, well, that doesn't sound so evil to me. And he's like, hey, if you ever need help with that orgasm side. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, what is this dialogue? It's fantastic. Um, I did say at one point, I said, this shit is from 2004. This looks like the early 90s. Like, this is like Goosebumps. Which is right up my alley. (laughs) It's like, it's cheap, but like, it's like so refreshing to see like, that 2004, like, because <clears throat> so much of 2004, especially horror, is like that, like, fake edgy shit, like Saw or mm-hmm. Hostel, you know, where it's like they just, like, make everything grainy and, like, bleak. Yeah. So it's nice that it's like, yeah, this is actually kind of how 2004 looked, you know? Pretty Everything much, was yeah. kind of polished and cool looking, yeah. Well, also, too, uh, we just recorded an episode last night on The Ring, which was like the flip side outside of the torture porn. There was that the ghost like J-horror stuff and everything was very uh, I don't want to say dull, but very like concentrated on like a very consistent color scheme here. It's just like static and blue. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Here it's just like a bunch of colors. It's fun. It's like Halloween. You know, there's you know, there's a bunch bunch to look at. Um. And uh, so after the scavenger hunt, all our characters got to go to the, what are they called? The hacker house? Or not the hacker house, the hack house? Hack house, yeah, yeah they got to yeah. go to the hack house. Which has such a, like, dark backstory, but has a hilarious flashback scene <laughs> where they're talking about the guy that owned the house. And this couple, my favorite part about it is the sex scene that's on here. Because both actors are clearly fully clothed and just like <laughs> humping the air. <laughs> I was just like, what, dude? This, But then we get a boob shot, so guess not fully clothed. Uh, but this is right where I was talking about where they don't have a huge amount of budget. So whenever the guy is going to kill him, it's like cut to axe in hand, cut to guy with blood with no hit, cut to mace, <laughs> cut to... A rope cut to all these weapons and never see it make contact. It's amazing. Yeah, it's like, okay, we know what's happening. You know, you're getting your message across. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that all, all the weapons he pulled out, he just got more and more like vile with everything that he pulled out. <laughs> I was just like, geez, man. 
Uh, but that flashback was actually kind of hilarious. And then, uh, you know, our our uh, people that are trying to join the uh, fraternity and the sorority need to spend the night in the house. Yep. And of, and of course, the fraternity and uh, sorority head are going to pull pranks on them and try to scare them. Uh, but again, we get some great dialogue. I don't even remember who says it, but one girl... Oh, Delia says, what should we do to pass the time? And I yes. believe it's Roy goes, sex! Oh, wait, sorry, did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> yep. It de- I love Delia. Delia is my favorite character. Okay, she has a very ash turn. I love that she starts yeah. off like kind of not a very active character and then just becomes a total badass. I love yes. Delia in this. She's awesome. She steals the whole movie. Yes. Her her and Marsha, dude, <laughs> Tiffany Shepis is uh is also a badass here. We we me and my co-host just met her uh at a con in September here in our home state and she was awesome. Uh so we're big fans of her. She's one of those actresses, you know, or actors where it's like you see them and you're like, I've seen her in a million different things. And yes. you look up her IMDb and you're like, oh, I know her from this and I know her from this and I know her from this, you know? Mm-hmm. Have So I have to ask, because this is a movie I brought up to her that I don't think a lot of people would mention to her. Have you ever seen Bloody Murder 2 Closing Camp? I've never seen that, no. Okay, check out the Bloody Murder movies. They're kind of in this same vein. They're very low budget slashers from this same era. It's like, oh, two and oh or no 2000 and 2003 tiffany shepas is in the sequel you want to watch the first one to get the backstory but bloody murder is like a really dull movie and then when i talked to tiffany shepas about loving bloody murder 2 she's like there's no reason that there should have been a sequel to bloody murder but i think that bloody murder 2 was a lot of fun and i was like i agree i loved it (laughs) so i recommend those movies to be seen I will watch them, especially, you know, if they're from this era, that's, I love that shit, man. You very know? similar budget and very vibrant to uh, early 2000s style. A lot of fun, I would say. I love um, the time travel back to my youth. So that's, yes. you know, that's, that's close. <laughs> it's definitely a movie that you would have rented from the blockbuster era. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm, ch- I'm looking through my notes here. Uh, Roy, the least romantic thing you can do is chase a girl up the stairs and bark like you're a dog and crawl on all fours to Delia. But it works. I mean, you got to give him credit. How? How does this work? <laughs> the next thing I know, they're having sex. I was like, what? What? Well, Delia reveals that like she's, you know, later we find out she just really wants to bang Roy. Yes. And like she has the hots for him for whatever reason. Yes. And I got to say, <clears throat> up until this point in the movie, I was kind of enjoying it, but kind of whatever on it. The sex scene with Roy and Delia is where this yeah. movie went from whatever to fucking amazing, which no. is Roy is going to perform oral sex on Delia. She's saying really off putting stuff, by the way. Be my little lap dog, I think was yes. one of them. <laughs> And I didn't put together that he was dressed as a dog, so I couldn't figure out why she was saying that. (laughs) Makes sense now, though. It does make sense. You explained a joke perfectly now. But he's going down on her, and when he starts fighting with his possessed tongue while still having, like, going down on her, I am absolutely, like, rolling on the floor laughing. (laughs) 
and the tongue is getting bigger and bigger like it's like eight gene simmons tongues you know and it's still is doing the business to delia and yep. she's loving it and she's like marry me roy yes <laughs> and then he he bites his tongue off and the tongue is still doing the deed on delia yep. without him <laughs> It was amazing. That was the moment where I texted, I will read you verbatim what I said because my friends immediately started laughing. So early on, I said, OMG, watching the hazing from 2004 on Tubi for a recording tonight. This is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Laugh, laugh, laugh. And then I said, I take it back. This movie's fucking amazing. I just watched a dude battle his possessed tongue while performing oral sex on a girl. Fucking watch this shit ASAP, my friends. <laughs> yup. So this this is where the movie comes alive, and it is fantastic. And we see that Doug gets possessed by uh, Brad Dorff, the professor, because yep. he's uh, he's at the hospital, right? And he's dying because earlier on they broke into his house and and thought they killed him, but he's still kind of hanging on. Yeah, they thought they killed him, and then they called nine one one to come and get him, and they left him to die. And like the cops are, you know, they're like, "Oh, he's a murderer," but you know, we have to heal him and try to prosecute him and all that. So he's like on death's door on on a bed. Okay, so do they ever explain why do the cops and the authorities know that he's a murderer? Cuz did he Oh, yeah. cuz they found the bodies in the basement, right? They found the bodies in the basement. Yeah. So they know he's a murderer. It's like a throwaway line where they're like I can't wait to, you know, arrest this sick son of a bitch. That's right. Okay. That that answers a another another question I had was why they were so against him. I didn't I didn't realize they had gone into the basement and found the bodies. Um, yeah. But he's basically straddling the line between life and death. And he's basically possessing the house and the, the people inside the house to uh, to just fuck them up. <laughs> and, and when he possesses you, you also get his facial hair for some reason. <laughs> that caught me so off guard that... Doug becomes like a mixture of a young man and an old man that is actually kind yeah. of terrifying. And you get and you get like long fingernails that look like you have bugles on them. <laughs> I gotta say though, the makeup, because they do that to him and they do it to Tiffany Shepard later. The makeup yes. is kind of the makeup is kind of awesome. I love it. It's perfect <laughs> for this movie. Yep. And we get uh, the the Kevin Bacon guy, as you referred to earlier, the yeah. leader of the fraternity. Him trying to get his, uh, I guess he's dating the head of the sorority. Um, and, they have something going on. It's unclear. Yeah. And uh, he thinks that she's hiding and playing pranks on him because they're starting to get scared. And he's they have this mannequin laying around and he just starts yeah. peeling up the mannequin. Yep. <laughs> he's bored. I mean, what else are you going to do? He was like, she's a knockout. I was like, what is actually happening right now? And then we get a little little homage to uh, It, it looks like, which is my favorite oh. horror movie. Because we get a red okay. balloon and he's like, I hate balloons. And he pops <laughs> it and then gets a fucking dart to the head. A giant dart, which I don't know, like, was this dart there? Did, like, Brad Dorif materialize a dart <laughs> to fly at him? Like... <laughs> Where does this dart come from? It's a great scene. It takes you off guard. But where the fuck does this dart come from? Exactly. Exactly. And there's a lot of deaths to dive into. I got to ask you, what is your favorite death scene in here? Ooh. Hmm. 
it's not a death scene, but I mean, the tongue is like, <laughs> it's like the high point. Like, how do you come down from that? Right. Um, yeah. Honestly, I, it's probably the, if, as far as deaths, I think it's the dart in the head. It's pretty okay. fucking fun. <laughs> the one where I was uh, absolutely cracking up was the sorority head becoming a mannequin. <laughs> okay, that one's funny too. I just, I, it's so shoddy the way it's done that like she's clearly holding a fake hand just like her yes. arms just off camera. It's not even oh. in line with her arm, but she's like, ah, ah, yeah. <laughs> that it's one, perfect. that one was great. And then the, the, uh, another crown jewel <laughs> is, who is it? I think it's Roy who gets tied to the chair and then gets decapitated by the D de- by the detour yes, sign. <laughs> yes. I forgot that. Yeah. Well, Brad Dorif is possessing is possessing Doug and basically playing classic records. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's so evil dead, like everything from the tongue scene on, like they get a chainsaw at one point, mm-hmm. you know, which is a clear reference. Oh, absolutely. That that chainsaw versus electric guitar fight was amazing, too, by the way. (laughs) Yes. Um, He's got so Brad Dorff has so many good like one liners in here, too. Oh, guess I should have obeyed the sign. (laughs) You were all you. You always thought my class was was uh, was ridiculous. I love that it's this petty professor wanting to kill the students that are underachievers. <laughs> well, they're slackers, you know. Yeah. He's uh, he's correcting their behavior. Yeah, he's like, ah, another underachiever. And you know what? They kind of brought it on themselves because if they didn't steal the book from him, yeah, I doubt he was going to go after them. You know, no, he would never do anything. Um. So we get, you know, we keep going and we find out that Brad Dorff can possess basically anyone in the house. And there's this great scene between Tim, Delia, and Marsha where they're trying to decide if one of them is the demon or not. <laughs> and well, Tim's... that's after, that's right after they... Oh, Are sorry, you dude. Yeah, you froze no. for a second. Yeah, you too. I was actually about to text you. Yeah. Right. Um, so you were, you were so saying I... it was, uh, we were talking about the scene with the three characters and you said it's right after something and then you cut out. It's... It's right after they kill um, Doug. So yes, that's they right. Kill Doug, and I like the way it happens. So it's like uh, Perry Shan <laughs> is about to be killed by him, and he's like he has the inhaler, like he's a cowardly character. And the two girls show up, and they fuck up Doug, and they're like hitting <laughs> him with the axe, and they fucking axe his head and take it off. It's really fucking cool, and they yeah. save him. Well, I love that they hit him in the back of the neck with the axe, and then Brad Dorf goes, you two are really becoming a pain in the neck. Yes. <laughs> that was straight Evil Dead pun right there. I loved it. Um, but they start going back and forth after that. Tim grabs the axe and says, get away from me, both of you. And them not being able to talk because Doug's severed head is still hanging out on the axe. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, okay, and like he pops it off with his foot, and he's like, all right, now we can talk. Yeah, and my favorite thing is like Tiffany Shepard is like, can you can you do something about that? And he looks at it, and it's still hanging there. He goes, oh, oh, and starts gagging and has to throw it away. <laughs> it's fantastic, and it leads to this amazing dialogue where they're trying to decide, and they're like, and 
I was I was scratching my head with mouth agape before I realized what was going on because Tiffany Shepis is like, we haven't been acting like a family since we got here. I think we all need to have a group hug moment. I'm like, what? What? What the yeah. shit? And then we get Delia's amazing line. Slice the bitch. She's a demon. Yup. That family togetherness bullshit. And then I love the way they have her back out of the room backwards. Where yes. it's clear they just reversed the footage and sped it up. <laughs> Fucking amazing. It's fantastic. But slice the bitch. She's a demon is an amazing line. De- I love Delia, dude. She is such a good character. She's great. Like the actress's name is Nectar Rose. And it doesn't look like she did a whole lot after this, but it's like, I think she should have. She's really fucking good in this. I agree. I love her twist. Uh, And she's been basically in control the whole time because all the guys are coming on to her and she's always kind of playing like, like just playing kind of like a a not smart person. And then she's she's like, yeah. And she's like, oh, you thought I was that? The guys are just into it, but I'm not like that. I love that twist. Yeah, it's like, uh, no, I'm smart. I'm like a really good student, too. It's like, I just do that because, you know, it makes guys want me. Yeah, and then on the, but on the flip side, even when she's like that, she's saying things like, be my little lapdog. So she's in control the whole time. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like, yeah, when a chick is like, look, she's really hot. When a chick is that hot, yeah, they're usually in control. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then we keep going. I have got a couple more notes left. And when Tim and uh, Marsha, Tiffany Shepes start to kind of fall for each other, which is so out of left field. <laughs> yeah, it really is like, why is this happening? Like, because they're the know, only but... two people in the room, I guess. Yeah, it's like, I guess. OK, we'll do this. And like, I love she tries to get naked randomly to seduce him. <laughs> and I, I felt like it was just like, we have Tiffany Shepis. Uh, let's just get her naked. She does yeah. that. <laughs> well, my fa- I have a note in here where she does that, and I should have known that it was another another twist and the demon yeah. playing a trick, because my note was like, "What? Where did this most powerful force in the world is love bullshit come from?" Yeah. Oh, oops! It's another lie from the demon, <laughs> <laughs> and. It's great. And I love that Tim doesn't fall for it. And it just like, just knocks her out. (laughs) Yeah. He's learned now. He's like, no, fuck this. Yeah. He just is just like, nope, you're not getting me this time. And then we got naked Tiffany Shepis with the old man makeup on her face. Yes. Which is really weird. It's a weird sight. You're like, I'm attracted to you, but I'm afraid of you at the exact same time. (laughs) Uh, And then we, you know, we find out that there's a portal open. That's kind of letting all, all of Cap's power come through. And that's very Evil Dead too. Oh, absolutely. With that portal at the end of Evil Dead too. Absolutely. So we get the staff, which is kind of like the Kandarian dagger as well. Yeah. And we get the staff that Tim needs to use to close the portal. And again, I'm already loving this movie, but I am fucking dead when Cap's in Tiffany Shepis's body is like, there's nothing you can do. And he's like, Marsha, fight him off. He's like, ha ha ha, you can't do anything. Oh, 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 yes, you gotta fight him, fight him. And he rips a fart. Fart. Yes, the fart joke. A perfectly timed fart joke. It, so good. I am just 
dead when that happens. And he's like, too much Halloween candy. (laughs) It's amazing, dude. And then we got the key and I'm like, well, that's a hell of a way to use a key is beat the shit out of the villain with it. Yep. It's like, I don't know what to do with it. Let me just hit him. And like it's for a second, it looks like the movie's going to kind of have like a bittersweet note. Where it's like, oh, they lost Marsha, you know, to save everybody and to stop him. But she gets thrown out of the hell portal <laughs> with a rat. Yep. Yeah, the rat didn't do anything. <laughs> they can't damn it to hell. Also, I know it's cheap looking, but I love that portrayal of hell there when they show the demons oh. there. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so ridiculous. I love it. Like it's PlayStation like PlayStation 2 graphics, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was so perfect. I loved it. Um, but in 2004, I would have, we all would have loved those special effects. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I still do. They got a charm to them. Uh, but I love Tiffany Shepard's line where she's like, they wouldn't take me. I guess I haven't been that much of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And then she punches Tim in the face and he's like, I said, I'm sorry. She's like, that was for staring at my tits earlier. It's like, what, what do you, there's no one on the planet. Where a girl may get naked and like you're gonna look at some point, you know? It's like Well, he covers it up nicely where he's like, yeah. Oh yeah, sorry about that, but they are really nice if that counts for anything. Yeah. It's <laughs> and, a compliment. Yeah, it's great. And then we see Delia and Tim and uh Marsha walking out, and Delia has a great line where she says, Well, Tim, when this night started, did you think the night would end with uh us killing demons and you walking out with two new girlfriends. Tiffany Shepard's te- Tiffany Shepard pushes her away and says, "Uh, one new girlfriend." Yeah, I was like, "Oh, it's so like, they are together." Don't look at my tits, together, but we're together. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why you you know give Tim a chance? Let him have two. He went through some shit, right? Oh, I love try Delia's. some poly stuff. <laughs> I love Delia's reaction where she's like, "Oh, okay, okay." Yep. And, and then, it looks like they're going to walk out, but they're not because what everyone forgot at this point <clears throat> is that the mansion itself is haunted. And now that they have, you know, went through shit, like it's reactivated all the ghosts in the house and they're going to have to fight ghosts. Yep. And the camera and, pans out of the house with an evil dead shot. Yes. And. Dude, that is a sequel that I want. Like, oh, if they I decide, would watch Amazing Two tomorrow. If they decided to do it twenty years later in twenty twenty four, I'm there like opening night. I would watch the shit out of the Hazing Two, where now they get to fight ghosts. Yeah, I just, I really wish this like be was a cult classic. I think it's a movie that like deserves. It's not even like it's so bad it's good. Like, it's not like the room or anything like that. It's like. It's just a fun fucking horror movie. Yes. You know? It like it knows what it's trying to do. Like, like you don't put like that tongue shit in there without like clearly trying to be funny. And it works. It's a really enjoyable horror movie that more people should see. I agree, man. Like, and uh our conversation has just flown by just talking about it as the movie did. It's just a fucking blast from start to finish. You know, it start again, I said it started off a little rough. It justifies itself with where it's going to go. It's quiet, it's choppy, it's cheesy, and you're like, where the fuck is this going? And then by 40 minutes in, it is just go, go, go insanity for 
the next hour. It rewards you for that watch. Um, yeah, and more movies need to do that where they take the time, they <clears throat> build up all the characters. By the time you get to like where the movie is like taking place, like all the action and shit, you know all the characters, you know their personalities, you know what makes them tick, you know their relationships to each other. It's built very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this this movie's a masterpiece, dude. Like this is the hidden yes. this is the hidden gem I didn't know I needed in my life. That's uh, exactly how I felt when I watched it. Like I've been singing its praises since I saw it. Like anyone I can tell, I'm like, dude, like give this a watch. I'm telling you. Yes. It's getting added to my October watch list, and I'm going to tell people that have never seen it to watch it. And uh if I meet Tiffany Shepis again. I will absolutely tell her that, hey, since I last talked to you, I watched The Hazing. Fucking amazing movie. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I would, I would, if I run into her, I will definitely ever bring up The Hazing. You know, it's <laughs> me and you, we're going to start the Church of the Hazing. We're going to bring as many people <laughs> as we can into it. I love it, dude. I'm down. I'm down. So I thank you for picking <laughs> this movie. It's a fucking masterpiece. So everybody listening... If you still didn't watch the movie before we told you about it, I hope that we sold you on watching it because it is worth your time. It's great. Uh, so, Brian, that's that's our discussion on the hazing. I thank you for picking this movie. And uh, before we get out of here, you know, I want to touch on a few things. One, the big project that you're working on as this yeah. is being released. But let's talk about the Reviewing History podcast first a little bit. So... I love the concept of the show talking about the historical accuracy of movies and, you know, yeah. people in history. I think the concept is genius. So what was the, the inspiration for coming up with that concept and starting the podcast? So years ago, you know, a long time ago, the three of us had a podcast together and we didn't take it seriously. And it was really kind of about random topics and, you know, the way I would just pull up news articles and, you know, it just became three guys that have similar political views talking politics. And, you know, the show ended up dying. Like we agreed on like 90 percent of issues and it became a fucking circle jerk. And it was like no one fucking watched this. So we didn't podcast for a while. And then I started to get the itch um, about two years ago. And I was like, I have an idea for a show. Let's do a history show where we each bring a historical topic to the table. We talk about shit. We crack jokes. We tell personal stories. And we don't have to bring in any politics. Anybody can listen. You know, we can make it palatable and people can enjoy it. And Anthony was like, why don't we do historical movies? And I was like, that's a good idea. So we kind of combine them. What we do is we do once a month, we do what we call a pick episode where we each bring a random historical whatever to the table could be anything um we talk about it and then at the end we pick the next couple of movies we're going to watch our movie episodes which is the bulk of the show is really we we watch a historical movie we go through the movie beat by beat and we talk about what is historically accurate what is not we do a full review of the movie and you know we'll tell you little details like anthony has a crazy history brain <clears throat> where he can recall insane details off the top of his head about like the battle of Carthage. Like it's fucking insane. It's like talking to Wikipedia sometimes. <laughs> so like, so that's the show. And like, it's us just cracking jokes, having a good time talking about history. There's absolutely no politics unless it's like directly related to the movie. And it's like, this is what the movie 
is saying. You know, it's never our personal personal point of views. It's just a good time to come learn some shit, hear us crack on some movies, and you'll learn. You'll learn, and like you know, there's a lot of funny shit. So, it's a it's a show that I'm really proud of, and people that listen seem to enjoy it. And if you're a movie fan, I think uh, you know there's a lot there for you to dissect. And if you only want horror stuff. We did all horror episodes this October and last October. So we got you covered there. And it was horror movies based on a true story. So we did Conjuring 1 and 2. We did The Burning, Shadow of the Vampire, Amityville, uh, Mothman Prophecies. Those are those are the ones off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Punching my microphone. Turn off lights. Yep. Hold up. Yep. Uh, the magic of editing. Turn off LED lights. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I went to go move my hand and like just punch my microphone. Uh, magic of editing. But uh, no, I I think the concept for reviewing history is a genius premise. Um, and I love the, you can, I don't think people like fully always get that you can have a lot of fun talking about history like people are like oh history like historical accuracy that might sound a little like not really my thing history is everywhere i think that you like you guys have a really cool twist on it like look at something like the conjuring movies which we've talked about on the show there's a lot to dive into with the enfield poltergeist case that inspired the conjuring 2 and the harrisville haunting in uh in the conjuring 1 um the pope's exorcist yep. there there's a lot to dive into as well we did um, pope's exorcist yep yep and you know i looking back down the list 300 that's a favorite movie of mine um as well as my co-host jason's and uh, i think i just think it's a genius concept and i think uh you guys have a really cool twist on the way you go about history and i'm I'm a history major so i'm all about it oh okay so, awesome. uh, so uh i mean people listening go like Yes, we all love horror, but we all come from, you know, loving different things in pop culture. There's something in there for everyone in the Reviewing History podcast, and I highly encourage our listeners to go check it out. It's a fantastic show. Um, so I thank you for for what y'all do on there. I love listening in, and, uh, you know, I, I hope that our listeners go over there to check it out as well, because it's a great podcast. And uh, y'all are doing some amazing stuff there and I know that you have a project that uh, was kind of the the backbone of us setting this up. We obviously got to talk about a movie. We got to talk about your show, which is, again, a fantastic show that people should listen yeah. to. But let's dive into the project that we have going on, that you have going on the release, the release week of this episode. So the floor is yours, so, my friend. All right. So uh, thank you for the kind words about the show, by the way. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, so, um, all right. So... Black Friday in the United States for, um, you know, foreign listeners, that is, <clears throat> that is Friday, November 24th at midnight Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we are releasing our first bonus podcast. Um, we have a bunch of guests coming on related to the podcast. Tell them Steve, Dave, and past guests of our show. And we're playing a bunch of games and talking about Christmas and doing all that. Um, it's like a three-hour podcast. Plus, there is a bonus podcast where the three of us dive deep into It's a Wonderful Life. And we talk about it. It's a really funny episode. I think it's a really good time. Um, 
the what we're really doing with the album is we're charging for it on Bandcamp. It's five dollars. You get about four hours of content. Half of all the money raised is going to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. So anything that you know we make from this, you know, half of it is going to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. It's our way to kind of just give back and do something fun and you know create some extra content that is kind of out of the realms of what we normally do on the show and just really have a really good time. So it's like, it's dropping right for the Christmas season. Uh, you, you'll laugh, you'll feel good. Um, you'll learn some Christmas stuff. Cause we play like a bunch of different games, shit like that. And at the end of the day, you're also helping charity. So you get to laugh, you get to get put in the Christmas spirit and you're helping St. Jude's children's hospital which, you know, is, the, I think, I'm pretty sure, the number one child cancer uh, hospital in America. So it's a really great cause. And uh, even if you don't want to support the album, I hope uh, I can encourage you to go donate to uh, St. Jude's Children's Hospital. But on Bandcamp.com, Friday, Black Friday, November 24th, you could type in Reviewing History. I will send uh, my friend here the link. And... You could click that, and there you go. And hopefully, you uh, come along. <laughs> wow, that's that's an amazing uh, project, there, my friend. And uh, wow, that's that's an that's an an amazing thing to do, especially this time of year. You know, you can you can never help too much. And to all of our people listening here, um, again, we all like different things. We all love horror stuff, yes. But I know that people out there love the holidays love helping people during the holidays season of giving season of caring and and everything you know just doing what we can to to uh to be there for everyone and you know spread love and kindness so that's a really beautiful thing to do um and that's a great way to support you can support a great show and you can also support you know a wonderful charity and a wonderful hospital doing amazing things out there so definitely go check out the album so it drops on the 24th correct on black friday yep midnight black friday eastern standard time it's gonna go live it'll be up there <clears throat> and and you could buy it uh the album cover itself is pretty cool it's an homage to uh to um this ain't no white christmas from dolomite we kind of did our own take on it i think it's really funny uh it, the album is called this ain't no whack christmas because uh, if, if we say this ain't no black Christmas, you know, we'll get some trouble. So this ain't no whack Christmas. Uh, it's an homage to the Dolomite album, but it's it's Christmas content. Uh, there's a lot of games. It's really nothing but a fun time. Like we play we do play a horror related game. Um, so what I do is I find an obscure horror Christmas movie. Right. And I give three plots as to what the movie could be. And the contestants have to pick which is the real plot. Um, I, I'll actually play around with you right now. If Oh, go for it. Off the top of my head, this is the one that I always remember. Um, are you familiar with the movie Advent Calendar? No of it. I have actually never seen it. Do you know what it's about? No, I actually okay. That then we could play. Hold on, let me, okay, let me cool. pull it up. Because if you you know if you know it won't work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so 
right. Um, let's see. All right. Uh, oh, uh, and I have an alternate one. Uh, there's also Mistletoe Massacre. So you could pick. Would you rather do Advent Calendar or Mistletoe Massacre? Uh, I mean, shit, man. We can do both if you want. All right. Fuck it. Let's do both. Yeah. All right. I'll start with Advent Calendar. Advent okay. Calendar. You got to tell me which is the real plot. A cop is determined to catch a serial killer that strikes every Christmas, killing one victim a day leading up to December 25th. That's plot one. Plot two. A paraplegic is given a creepy advent calendar, which causes demons to attack her every time she marks off a day. Part three. Plot three, sorry. A killer chops a killer chops his victims up, then stuffs them inside an advent calendar while working at a big box retailer. Wow. Which is the real plot. So, so I want movies to exist of all of those because they're fantastic. But uh, so I want it to be part three, but my gut reaction is saying plot one. So that I'm going to go with that one. It is plot two. A paraplegic oh, is given a creepy advent calendar, which causes demons to attack her every time she marks off a day. Oh my God. I got to check this out. <laughs> yeah. Now I haven't watched it yet, but my first reaction would be maybe stop marking days off the advent calendar. <laughs> Wow. All yeah, right. get a get a new calendar. Yep. All right. And we'll and we'll do this one too. All right. Mistletoe yep. Massacre. After eating a piece of radioactive mistletoe, a zombie outbreak occurs in a small town during Christmas break. Two. A crazed killer attacks an office Christmas party, killing everyone in his wake. Three. A man's big toe becomes sentient and starts killing people on Christmas against <laughs> the man's wishes. And that is Mistletoe Massacre. Which of the three? Shit. So plot two seems like the most logical one because Massacre always sounds like it's a slasher. But part three is, or plot three is also kind of a slasher plot. Shit. Do I think it's the more outlandish one or do I think it's the more traditional one i'm gonna i'm gonna go traditional i'll say plot two you are correct okay there it we go <laughs> yeah but a killer toe movie but, needs to happen yeah like that's so what i do is i you know i find these and i'm like well what what is the dumbest version of this it can be? <laughs> you know and that's usually where uh i'll go so that's beautiful but, you know beautiful. so that's that's the horror game so if you're a horror fan you know, you'll hear some weird horror scenarios at some point. <laughs> well, that's beautiful. Well, hey, everybody listening, you heard it here first. You even got a little taste of what's to come on the album. So, uh, and those games, uh, and wait, real quick, those movies are not on the album. Oh, there we that's, go. That's just leftover bonus content just for <laughs> your listening. There we go. Well, you got a taste of what, what kind of content you're going to hear. So uh, be on the lookout for the album. We're probably going to drop this probably the wednesday before thanksgiving um all right there we go sorry dude zoom just likes <laughs> to happened. fucking do stupid shit like that um <laughs> but what i was saying was that i think we're gonna drop this the wednesday before thanksgiving uh so thanksgiving eve basically so it'll be right in time for you to enjoy thanksgiving and be on the lookout for the album when it drops on midnight or at midnight on black friday so you all listening, please go out, support the Reviewing History podcast, and go purchase the album on Bandcamp. 
We'll be sure to link it to our socials when this episode goes live as well. Um, go support a great cause this holiday season. Uh, these guys are doing some amazing things over there. Brian, thanks so much for joining me, man. And uh, I'm happy that our our podcast can help be, uh, you know, spread that message and help be a platform to support this amazing, amazing project. So thanks so much for coming on. Uh, do you want to leave people with uh, where they can check out the Reviewing History podcast, maybe plug the band camp again, and then just where people can get in touch with you all on social media? Definitely. Kev, thank you so much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Um, I def- anytime you want me back, I'm happy to come on and talk horror. Hey, dude, you're looking for an outlet to talk more horror? We do this shit year round. So come on back anytime, my friend. We'd be happy to have you. Anytime you invite me, I'm there. This was great. Um, you can just hit me up and say, hey, man, I want to talk about this movie. If we haven't done it yet, it's yours. <laughs> all right. I'm going to hold you to that. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> going to get some weird requests. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm ready for it. <laughs> all right. Um, anyway, so uh, I do my podcast, Reviewing History, where everywhere podcasts are. Uh, we have a YouTube page where, you know, we, we're putting out all sorts of interesting projects. I will tease there's kind of a documentary-ish project coming out sometime in December, but I don't want to say too many details about that yet, but that's in the works. Uh, Reviewing History Pod, everywhere you get your podcasts, YouTube, like, subscribe, you know, all that shit. Um, (laughs) uh, Follow me personally on all social media, at Brian Rupert, that's with two Ps. Follow me on Letterboxd, the name is Brian Rupert. I rank or review every single movie I watch. Uh, So you can, you know, see what I'm watching, what I'm up to, what I thought of it. Uh, I'm easy to follow. And Bandcamp.com, you can create an account. You can follow Reviewing History. The second the album drops, you'll get a notification. Or go up on your leisure anytime Black Friday, Thanksgiving after midnight, the album will be up. Uh, Purchase it. Half the money goes to St. Jude. And help out thank you so much for letting me do this man it really helps a lot absolutely my friend we're we're happy to make new friends in the podcasting world y'all are doing amazing things and we're happy to support this project so midnight terrorist family go check out the album go give it a purchase and let's uh, support a great cause this holiday season and uh you know one of those sales will be coming from me so i'm excited so uh there we go brian thanks again for joining me my friend Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Midnight Terrors podcast, and uh, we'll be back again very soon with more content. But until then, get in touch with us on Facebook and Instagram under Midnight Terrors Podcast. Shoot us an email at midnightterrorspodcast at gmail.com. Join our Facebook group on Facebook. We are just under Midnight Terrors Podcast. It's a big old family over there. We're all talking different horror movies and just talking about the episodes or what we're all watching or you know, just having fun horror conversations. It's a good community. So come on over and hang out with us. Uh, you can check out our T public store, which is linked to our Instagram. You can go to our T public store and check out our shirts, hoodies, and stickers that we have. If you want to pick something up, that'd be awesome. Join the family and uh, just come talk horror with us. And at the time that this is coming out, we do have another live podcast event coming up on Thursday, December 7th at Oak Road Brewery from seven to nine. We're going to talk about some holiday horror. So that's going to be fun. Come bring those voices, bring those opinions and come talk to us. And uh, I think that's all I got. I'm out of breath. So I'll stop talking. This is a Midnight Terrors podcast. Thanks everybody for listening. We love y'all. Peace.